You. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing a might of the U. Robinson Show Stop Welcome my friends to a show that seemingly never sort of probably never ends. I'm your host, you Dean as Robinson, and this is the show Stomper, the SS V. Hold on, hold on. V. Seven. Two. All. UFC 239. Nothing but. But first, the song that we sing when we kick things off. Big Mata. Intro. All of nothing. From the record, Calling of the Just. Still available from Rebel... Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer. But before we get to that, Bob Riley, the singer, as he's done in 2007, will sing the intro words that somehow make it all make sense. Not only Bob Riley, Mike Maney, famous tattoo artist at this point now, plays guitar. I'm taking a real good look at you. A real good look at your face. So being paid back and forth, always nothing. All right, all right, my fans. So uh, let's get into it, because we got a lot. But hey, you know what I'm going to remember this time? This time, because uh, you guys mocked me. You mock, mocked me deservedly and mocked me well for having a high quality of microphone, but failing to use the high quality microphone, because of last week's show, I was so out of sorts, I think. So listen, and you'll see more of that on the JJB, which is coming up today. Uh, we uh, uh, filmed one last week and didn't like it. We do have some quality control, but now we've got a Ben Askren influenced one on the new JJB, which I'm going to push live after we do this show. So uh, it'll be up on the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper uh, uh, YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to, and it'll notify you if you hit that little ding dongy thing in the top right of your screen. Um, anyway, listen, there a couple of things I'd like to do. Let it never be said that I'm one of those guys, that I'm one of those guys who's like, uh, you know, there's people you can't please. A buddy of mine uh, cheated on his girlfriend and uh, uh, told her at a really inopportune time 
Uh, he was in another country. She had flown over to spend some vacation time with her. He let her spend her scant money to get over there. As she landed in the airport, before they exited the airport, he confessed all. She flipped out and ran off into the darkness of the night. Uh, they reconciled and got back together, and they were living together. They got back together, and he kept saying stuff like, well, you know, who's going to, she said, let's go to this party, he says to her. She goes, great, who's going to be there? She goes, oh, you know, I don't know, you know, other couples we know. She goes, what do you mean other? He said, well, you know, other couples. He goes, she goes, no, we're not a couple. And he had reached that point of enough. And he had reached the point of enough. And he was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm, I, I just can't. I can't eat enough fucking crow for you. So got to go. Got to go. Got to go. And uh, it was on that occasion that he chose to leave his long-term relationship. I bring this up only to bring up the fact that, like, there's some people who are never happy. And there's some people who are easily made happy. And I'm easily made happy on this July 7th because the accounting finally came in via Patreon. That's those of you who's given at uh, 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 patreon.com slash the stomper. And I have to say, one of the shorter months of the year, June, well, they're 30 days, so it's not the shortest. February is the shortest, but pretty short comparatively speaking to the days that have 30 months and have 31 days and you guys killed it you fucking killed it uh i think this is our second best month to date um and certainly the best one in the last six months so uh i got no commercials to do now no fucking upgrading i'm not one of those cats that are gonna let a good deed go by unnoticed but i'm also not one of those cats who's not gonna notice a good deed you fucking did well. I got to thank you. So from me, ah, God, from me to you, the fingers taped because after a really super difficult rolling session, two days in a row, like over 55 minutes of fucking rolling, I'm standing there minding my own business, putting my uh, clothing on, and Sorrell comes over and launches a kick at my thigh. And, you know, if it was a real fight, I never would have reached down the block with my hand. I block with, reached down the block with my hand because my hand was there anyway. Cause I'm changing clothes and he kicks my hand and I think my finger is broken. I rolled today. So it wasn't, you could see the knuckle as I was going, my is all swollen. It, um, it didn't hurt to stop a roll, but I absolutely can't use it and can't close it. So yeah, it's kind of a drag. doesn't make a difference. My, ah, my shoulders killed me too. My words to you are thank you very much for the money. July is a long month. You have time to duplicate it, but I won't talk about it as long as it's coming in. So thank you very much. Um, so the, what I usually do is commercial at the top of the hour. I'm going to forego, except to say thank you. Uh, and I'm going to go straight to uh, UFC 239. <laughs> oh, boy. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it feel good when, when the drugs are working the way they're supposed to? Doesn't it feel fan fucking fantastic when the drugs are working in the way they're supposed to work isn't that isn't that the best of all possible worlds like john millius said ripped off from genghis khan to crush your enemies drive them before you hear the lamentation of their women it's a good day but let's start at at, at the top as we usually do um since there seems to be a hue and a cry um let me explain to you uh um uh, let me explain to you how we got here. 
uh, or how I got to where I watched it at the very least. Um, and I'm going to get it up. Hold on. Get it up. Yeah, he, he's going to get it. A friend of mine had this theory that if you add it, if you know what I mean to the end of everything, it just immediately makes it sound uh, makes it sound dirty. If you know what I mean. <laughs> if, if you know. If you know what I mean, it may, hey, and you get the, what the, what anthropologists call the copulatory gaze, which is that gaze that you, you should try giving that and saying that to as many people as possible, up to and including accidentally on purpose, maybe uh, signing off emails to your boss with love, love Bobby. And, you know, and it all automatically, it will make it really uncomfortable. Maybe they ask you about it. Maybe they don't. <laughs> Uh, but it will guaranteed make things really uncomfortable. And if they ask you about it, you just go, "Oh shit, I'm sorry. I, you know, fuck, I was out of my head. I, 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 I was writing somebody else right before. Anyway, let's let's get the fight list here. And that's actually what I'm looking at. Instead, instead of avoiding your gaze, oh man. Okay, here we go. Uh, well, we don't. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need. Uh, <laughs> I don't need. Uh, a tote sheet to get through what was the first fight. Ooh, oh God. All right. And, and I'm still, I'm still geeked as I think about it. I, you know, it is a weird kind of, um, it is a weird kind of, uh, uh, it's not like I'm fighting. It's like when my kids used to fight when they do what we're doing MMA and I'd be doing their corner. And, they, and at one point Kung Lee came up behind me and Ruby, my middle kid was just killing was into her third round, was actually destroying this other eight-year-old, ten-year-old kid. And uh, I was a kid, you got to get out there. And I'm giving the pep talk between, and Kung Lee comes up and whispers in my ear. He goes, uh, the, the stool is for her. So, oh, yeah. I was sitting on the stool drinking her water. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's how, that's how into it I was. Uh, hold on. I'm dying here. I'm dying here. And this is the way I get with these fights sometimes when the drugs are really good, when that fight drug is really good. Ah, oh, man, I, I, I'm, ten, I'm tended to myself. I can't even think straight. I got a, I got a heart thing going. So anyway, Johnny Boney Joni and Maheta Santos. Now, this was going into this fight. Um, people were, uh, let me see. Okay, I got it up. I got it up. Let's see. I, I'm just. I just want to see what Sheridan. Sheridan gives the first round to Santos. The second round to Jones. Third round to Jones. Uh, fourth round they split. Or well, two. It's a two. It's a one-two split. One for Santos. Two for Jones. This is Sheridan scoring and same. Uh, uh, one for Santos. Two for Jones in the last frame, and that's the Sherid the Sheridan score. Um, and they scored it, uh, uh, 47, 48, 48, 47, 48, 47. John Jones defeats. Yeah. That was the actual one. They, they didn't, that's not theirs. So anyway, so they came, he came into this fight and people had some sort of expectations. Now that he's on this advanced, don't do cocaine and crash your car, uh, um, um, uh, schedule. And uh, it was like, okay, my head, uh, man, he's got the heavy hands and they get the highlight reel of him. They really couldn't get him to talk and, he's, and he smack talk. It was pretty respectful. The numbers are great. Live, it was sold out. And uh, according to the, the, the Baldwin's press conference, uh, this was a winner. This was a winner. 
all around in terms of uh, money made on it, uh, which means attention, which means asses in the seats, which means eyeballs, people paying attention. So uh, in the lead up to it, this is, I mean, it wasn't like there was a lot of barn burning, a lot of bar burning prequel stuff. You know, my head is English is non-existent. Um, he, his, his video clips speak for themselves. Formidable guy. They did the matchup, the weigh-in, the photos. And, you know, I said, man, I didn't realize John was so big. And I started to have those visions, like I'd mentioned before, of John's laying on his back. Now, he said something interesting that came up. Because this time I watched all the pre-shows. I watched the fight and I watched the post-shows. And he said something about uh, when he... Um, uh, when they read out that first score, and I, I did have a slight clench in the anus when um, they said that uh, when they list the judges at the beginning, I just, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you ju I just, uh, I had, what was apparent in the end was apparent to me beginning when they picked the judges. And I was like, oh no, I'm getting a bad feeling about this. But he said himself that his anus clenched when they announced that he goes, not like this. Which means that he has, he has, look, you can, I've met guys, I met a guy, Michael James, James Michael, a former editorial guy who threw it all away, also a Vietnam vet, to uh, live on a bus. And that was, and then he was making, before podcasts or podcasts, he was making audio tapes. He was probably mentally ill, but he was making audio tapes for hours and he gave me one. I thought it was great. And I was actually going to put him out on a record. Yeah. Michael James, James Michael, as is. That was the name of his thing. Kind of an okey. Kind of reminded me of Manson a little bit. Except as far, well, he didn't kill anybody but in Vietnam. Guilty. Guilty. You're saying you're guilty. I tell you, you know, you killed somebody 2,000 years ago and you're guilty. So that was his whole whole shtick. But I remember, um, I remember thinking about him that he was probably the most intellectual bus driver I'd ever met. And I was like, well, what about your Uncle Willie? He was a bus driver. He's a pretty bright guy. I said, yeah, it, it turns out that, you know, the intellectualism that in general they say most Americans feel uncomfortable with is not anything other than a curiosity. Now, people have it beaten out of them. I was giving my kids a ride with some of their friends, and I'm enthusiastic about stuff because I got doubt that, you know, Asperger's attention – spectrum disorder, whatever it is. and But I've always been this way. I've always been enthusiastic about stuff, no matter comic books or, or whatever it was. When I, We invented pole dancing, right? But we just named the moves after superheroes, and they weren't sexy. They'd be just running top speed down the sidewalk in Brooklyn, and you see a, a stop sign with a pole attached to it, jump and swing around. I, with that, that, that was the Black Panther. That was the Hulk. We had all these different moves. Right. So, uh, um. In terms of intellectualism, is is willingly willing willing a willingness and willingly engaged um, uh, 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 um, willingly engaged. What's the word I'm looking for? God damn it! Um, curiosity about about whatever. Curiosity is a good word. I remember one of the words they used to describe Bush. Is somebody that's in, in curious. I dated this woman once, and she asked me about the movie, some movie we saw. And I go, "What'd you think?" She goes, "It was deep." And I go, what, what, "What does that mean, deep?" Because oh, it was really deep. If your curiosity stops you at deep, what you're doing is tapping out to shit you don't understand. 
And I go, well, what did you make of the ra- talk of racial politics? She goes, I didn't know it was just deep. Uh, and I'm like thinking at the time, I'm gonna spend, she's hot, but I spend the rest of my life with that, with deep. So you can get fighters. Um, it could be anywhere. Americans generally, they, they, because they don't like to be in situations where what they don't know is on, is, is on, has to be revealed and is on display. And I've sucked it up. Somebody asked, my kids asked me, in front of her boyfriend asked me, how do you, how do you pronounce that word N-I-C-H-E? I said, niche? Because it's not niche. It's Nick. And I go, get out of here, get out of here. And uh, I use a pronunciation guide online, and sure enough, she was correcting my pronunciation. I go, you know, the incurious never would have gotten there. So yeah, they would have used the wrong word, it would have been corrected, and they would have shut it down. Because you feel stupid when you don't know something. But you know what? That only happens once. If you're smart, you remember. There's some people who have this approach to fighting. And you got to know, based on what the spies in Albuquerque have said, that the likelihood that Johnny Boney Joni is taking fights that he can't win is like zero. Right? Now, there's that. Like, and he said it himself in the press conference. You know, there's a possibility. Any fight you fight, the other guy could win. So it makes it exciting. You step into that zone where anything could happen, and at the conclusion of it, you haven't been eaten by a tiger or yanked down to the bottom of a swamp by an alligator or a crocodile. You're happy. There are all kinds of anything can happen days. An always something day is when something bad happens on those days, but an anything can happen day is an anything can happen day. Like I say to my friends, you want to go to a movie? What movie? Beat Street. You want to see Beat Street? I don't want to see any fucking bullshit hip-hop movie. Fuck you. All right, fuck you guys. I go by myself. Go by myself. I get picked up. I get picked up. I must have been uh, 21 or 22 at the time. I get picked up by a Finnish au pair girl. Picked up in a movie like... I'm sitting there in a movie, and I'm always in the habit of watching the credits. I want the movie experience to play out. She's watching me from behind. She goes, isn't it cute? This little guy, this little guy, you know, just so interested in the movie. And she goes, did you like it? She came and sat in a seat behind me, whispered in my ear. And I was like, well, yeah. We start talking. She goes, you want to go somewhere and get some coffee? I don't want to drink coffee, but I drink some tea. Yeah. I stood up. She goes, oh, shit, I thought you were a teenager. What? Fuck, that. that's kind of creepy, picking up teenagers. No, I just thought it was kind of cute that you were this young guy. Well, I'm a grown adult male at 22, but still. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that um, I, I think Jones, um, his curiosity about the fight game and abilities is noteworthy. All right? In other words... And I don't want to give too much credit where credit is due because he doesn't seem like a particularly deep guy to me. But remember, the first thing that got him on my radar was after he bet, beat Stefan Bonner and they had a press conference and they said, what are you going to do now? He goes, I think I'm going to go out into the woods and commune with nature. Now, I don't know what had to get him to that point where he was thinking whether it was a full kind, kind of hippie intellectualism, you know, this crunchy new age granola e thing where that's derived from his 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 christian upbringing in the, in the church his ecumenical upbringing don't know 
don't uh, uh, clerical upbringing. Don't know. Don't know. But I do know it was a distinctly different answer than I would have gotten from nine out of ten other fighters, and that's when he got on on my radar. I'm gonna kick back on buddies. Gonna throw back a fuck up a brewski. He's gonna ride. None of that shit. I'm gonna go commune with nature. So it dawns on me that he's thinking about what he does in a very. Think about for a second what his father does as a minister. I sometimes, I sometimes flip out and look around at all, at all of what I have, all of the glorious thing I have, and actually think, well, you know, it's kind of interesting that I got a lot of this stuff from words. And my friends who are engineers, they have like deliverables. Like I worked on the HoloLens. There is what I worked on. Uh, Oxbow's bass player. I worked on a Tesla. I see them driving down the road. It's concrete, material, materially existing things. If the internet goes down, how I've spent my life for the past seven years is a memory. All that shit on Ozzy.com, OZY.com is a memory. But memories are potent, powerful. And I get paid to create the ones that are created for... I, I get paid to create the ones that you will later that you will later own to create other things off of. I wrote about Megan Rapinoy, the U.S. women's team just won. These are things you re- might remember. It might be a flag, a, a planted flag for you somehow. It dawns on me that some people might think about their jobs this way. That his house, his car is built from his fists. And it doesn't sound especially deep when I put it that way, but... What is it about the unexamined life? How many people fight, think about, just think about it. Just, just put the shit on the table. Take it out of that shoebox, the, the universal shoebox. Line that stuff up on the table and think about what that means. Unexamined life, not worth it. Examine it. And so faced with uh, uh, Maheda and watching, you know what he said he was going to do in the post-fight press conference? And I have no reason to doubt the reality of his experience here, he said that he was going to go back and watch his fight eight times. Eight. A 25-minute fight eight times. It's over 160 minutes. Is that right? Yeah, 25, 25. Yeah, it's like over 160 minutes of a fight watching, of a fight that you were in. Clearly, there's some magical, mystical thing happening. But I, I can't watch pornos eight times in a row. And if you don't think he spent the same kind of time watching uh, 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 Santos's uh, films as well, you're wrong. At this point now, Jackson Wink, let's get this straight, based on past reports from me and the spies, as well as public, public posted reports from Cerrone and everybody else who's left, Sanchez and so on. It's not a team. It's a, a Johnny Boney Joni laboratory. And that's fine. You know, Rodan didn't cast his own sculptures. He did the first view, but as soon as he got going, he farmed that shit out. He come in once a day and go, look, you did do this and do this, this, I'll see you later. Rick Rubin, the same thing. They bring the engineers would be working and they'd bring the shit over and he listen, he goes, more basic, they get out there. I'm going to switch it. Take that song, move it around. You're done. That's what an executive producer does. 
I set the template, you follow the template, things will work out right. I let I adjudicate whether or not you've been close enough to the template to make a real difference. That's what Jackson Week does now for Johnny Boney Joni. So going into it, he's looking at Santos. He's like, okay, this is what this guy is a world-class fucking Muay Thai guy. And I gotta fight him. And if you've learned anything from Johnny Boji, the seed of his the seed of the winter of his discontent with with uh, um, uh, uh, DC started when, you know, and I've seen DC at my kids' wrestling events. And he doesn't, he carries himself with, um, with not an uncomplicated air of arrogance is the wrong word, but um, how about using this word, um, placement, you know? Like, I can always peg celebrities in L.A. because they act like celebrities. Not when they know they're being viewed, but previous to that, on the off chance that they will be viewed, they send out this thing of, like Jimmy Roselli on Fernwood Tonight, old comedy reference, Martin Mull, look it up. And he would do this Vegas nightclub entertainer, and people would clap at the end of his thing. You'd go, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. And for those of you just listening, I am I am waving my hand like, no, I don't want something. And at the same time, while I'm shaking my head, no, and I'm then turning that hand around saying, yeah, come on, come on, give me, give me, give me the love. And that's how you can fucking peg celebrities. So David Letterman was shocked that Eddie Murphy was like talking to him, telling some story, completely tangential to the story. He goes, yeah, I was at the movies the other day. And Letterman just stops. Goes, Whoa, you mean at the movies? Eddie Murphy goes, I was at the movies the other day. Go, well, don't you just bring the movies to you? He goes, no, I go to the movies like anybody else. And he goes, the people don't. He goes, I'm not showing up with my glitter glove. In New York City, you could do this, people. I've seen, you know how many times I've seen Woody Allen on the street or Mia Farrow or Tony Roberts or any fucking, any number of different, like, celebrities. People just leave them alone. L.A. is very different. So he carries himself with a considerable air of, of, of uh, sense of, air of, or sense of self. And so the first time they meet, He's like, oh, Olympic wrestler. And Johnny Bonajoy looks at him. And I could see the glee with which he approaches this kind of thing. And it reminds me of me. He goes, I bet you I could take you down. Now, I would think it. He said it. Now, he's a professional fighter. And he's like thinking, like, is it possible that I'm good? I never had that thing with writing. But I knew that I liked it. And I knew that I liked what I did enough. And I knew that I liked what I did more than other things I read, which is completely unlike my experience with drawing, where my parents would encourage me to draw. But I would see, obviously, they were also reading to me. And I would see that, hey, I can't, I see that camel in the book that you just read to me. I can't draw that. So I didn't do it. I stopped. That guy who had me paint, the tattoo parlor owner in England, that was the first time I'd done anything graphical that let the world see and it was a blast. And he paid money for it and seemed to like it. And I'm guessing he has it hanging up in his tattoo parlor or he burned it. I don't know. But Johnny Boney Joni was that. He knew. So I think he approaches this thing in a 360 degree, you know, a very different way. If he's watching his own stuff eight times, he had to watch that. My, my head of stuff way more than that. And he knew what became apparent after the fight. And what people say, like, Steph, I just did care. I don't care. It was like, well, I give it to rounds this one and this one and this uh, this one and people debating which rounds he won which rounds he won because what do you think eugene i go he won every single round every single round 
It was a fucking laboratory for him, right? What I saw with Santos was a guy who was waiting, waiting for a look, waiting for the, the clouds to part and a clear cut right hand or a, a high kick to the head that was going to present itself. And it never did. It was like my sister was like she when she was wanting to be a singer. She's a successful Grammy winning singer at this point in time. When she was a kid, she was waiting to be validated by major labels. And I said, I said, don't go out and do your own thing. And she's like, well, well, you know, and trying to make like there was a difference between me who's driving around America in a rusty van, you know, putting out records on our own label, um, putting the records out on our own label or something. And I go, the difference is in 10 years, motherfuckers, the difference is in 10 years, I'll have 10 records out and, and you'll still be sending demo tapes to a record label. Go do your own stuff. And she has and now is like a successful professional musician, does nothing else but that, has apartments in LA, New York, and Istanbul, is touring 11 months out of the year, never thinks she's busting her ass, my, my sister Maya. Maya Asusena. If you're in Turkey right now, go listen to her or listen to her stuff online. Asusena is her middle name. A-Z-U-C-E-N-A. Um, we have the uh, same same mother, different fathers. So I think I think I I, I think I, you know uh, I I don't see that he he lost it compared to Johnny Boney Joni. Santos is waiting for luck to, to, to like lightning to strike and it didn't happen. But what did happen is that consistently from round one to round two to round three to round four, round five, is that Johnny Boney Joni was actively engaged in investing this man in the best way that he felt he wanted to, which was very specifically, oh, so you're like a, a hot shit uh, Muay Thai guy. I bet you I can beat you in your game. Fuck MMA. Why? Well, you know, part of it, it could be good natured, but he's a student of greats. You, know, you think I'm saying greatness? He's a student of the greats. He mentioned, they kept asking him, I think it was Okamoto said, and so are you in the discussion now for greatest of all time? He goes, I don't want to be, I want to, I want to dominate. I, that I'm comfortable, but largely greatest of all time is up to you. I've seen Muhammad Ali fight shit fights. Shit fights. But in the totality, in the in entirety of his career, people have come to the conclusion he's pretty amazing. What he pretty done. I, I'm going to hold my fire on that one because I don't, still don't think he beat Sonny Liston. I think the mob and heroin beat Sonny Liston, but whatever. And they kept trying to get him to go, what, what point is that? But what he's secretly involved in, and he also he studies the greats, and he knows how ruthless some of them were. Ruthless. And I'm thinking very specifically about Michael Jordan with, you know, playing one-on-one -on -one with some of the rookies on the team and breaking them down so they were crying on the court. Or how about after his after he had retired and his his legend was fait accompli, he gives a big speech and starts lambasting people who treated him badly in fucking high school. The mean guys. And whatever fucking drives or fuels that desire to dominate is it also doesn't make them, you know who you don't hear much from? Cookie. No, no, I'm sorry. Cookie was uh, Magic Johnson's wife. Yeah, exactly right. What was Michael Jordan's wife's name? There was such a bit. 
I don't know, in the black community when he was doing commercials for Soul Glow or hair products on on Soul Train. We watch the Soul Train. I go, who? That's how I came. I'm not a basketball fan. I'd be watching Soul Train. This guy's talking about, I love you and your beautiful hair. And Ultra Sheen, hair conditioner. And it was like, what's that's Michael Jordan. Who the fuck is Michael Jordan? You don't even know his wife's name. He got divorced, got remarried, and you don't, he's a mean guy. He's probably a generous guy. And I don't say mean like the guy who comes home drunk and kicks a dog and is mean to his kids, or like Charlie Chaplin because of early life experience is just an absolute piece of shit. I know, or Marlon Brando was like, hey, you're, you're alive, just do your own thing. I'll be in the fucking bikini atoll. No, he he's just probably very nice to his kids. You don't hear his kids complaining but super competitive and all those things like Joe DiMaggio was another guy, just hard riding, just a competitive, like, you know, just never fucking happy. John Jones, he's pretty ebullient most of the time when I'm seeing him, but he studied the greats. And it's like, you know what, I'm going to come into your house and do what you do. Like uh, 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 the guy from uh, Robert De Niro or Robert Mitchum in Cape Fear, you know, I can out thank you. I can out fight you. I can out fuck you, counselor. That's what I'm gonna do. You know, the guy had two ways to dispatch me. Could have given me a nice fucking, you know, right cross, left cross, kick to the head, and he didn't. But what I got on him, spinning elbow to cut his scalp open. Flying knee, spinning. All the shit that he's supposed to be able to defend against. Couldn't, couldn't stop me. I couldn't put him out. But if you do, if you think I'm doing that stuff, striking his body, and the judges are not giving me credit for scoring, you're absolutely totally wrong. So my head was like sitting, waiting, and he's like waiting, 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 and then the fight's over. But you know who didn't look upset? This is not one of those things. Get that shit out of your head. Get that like internet stuff out of your head. Where it's like every, I go, oh, what a wonderful... No pipes. That's not a pipe. What's the matter with you? That's not, a, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about this fight. Because at the conclusion of the fight, they were both happy. There's some fights in which you have a winner and a loser. There's some fights in which the loser is actually the winner and the winner is actually the loser. This was a win-win situation. Everybody left this fight happy. People were confused. Like when a buddy of mine said, hey, your girlfriend's fucking the hairdresser. And he was like wanting to get me all revved up. I've been thinking, how do I get, unload this piano? How do I unload? And like the clouds parted and there it was. She's fucking Victor, the hairdresser. I go, good, you're out. Solve, problem. Made it through my junior year of college. Got her gone. So, you know, so I, I, I think Johnny Bonagione is uh, uh, at the end of the conclusion, he's happy. Got a little bit of shock of God put into him with that first, that crazy judging round, whatever. Um, but Mejeta was happy, and nobody questioned that because they're stuck in this internet reality. Well, he won this one. He won this one. It was narrow, and then the and then the, the you know pros responded. People, are, oh, he lost. This is not that type of discussion. <laughs> this is not that type of discussion. Go through it. Watch it again. Watch it eight times if you if you need to. And you kind of isolate the parts that you thought that Mejeta Santos did well. It doesn't make a difference. Explain to me why you think he's happy at the end. I think Santos is happy at the end because he's become an executive level gatekeeper. Keep in mind there are two types of gatekeepers. 
there's a prospect gatekeeper where which is what george masvidal was at first it's like guy's good got a little bit of juice as a name he's probably not going to contest for the belt but he'll give some of our lower end fighters a run for their money and a step maybe a chance for them to build up a name that's not a great place to be ronda marcos is going to be there just good enough to attract notice enough of a following enough of a good video package in the, in the lead up but not really threatening that's not a great place to be executive level gatekeeper which is where gustafson was and which he turned his back on because he's not made like that like steph was like always telling me on the care don't care it'll be an easy pick eugene you can get up in the win i go i'm not about winning and losing i can't she wanted me to pick a pick of a i go I, she wanted me to pick favor i go fuck favor retire or don't retire don't retire then unretire it's it's, it's a bad look she's so i finally said okay i care about that fight because I think that I want to give, I want to make Uriah Faber happy by giving him a chance to make us sad, which is what's going to happen. But they're both happy, Santos, and, and why? Because executive level gatekeeper, Gustafson didn't want it because it's like, I'm here for one reason, one reason only. Fuck you guys and all this other stuff. Like 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 Johnny Boney Joni said to DC, I think I can take you down. I think I can take the best from every regard, and I'm gonna. I just have this belief: if God stands with me, who stands against me? Or oh, whatever your framework, you're driving your belief in self, driving your belief in self. So at the end of it, they um, Gustafson didn't want it. Gustafson was like, "Well, fuck, man, if I can't be that, guy, if I can't be Gustafson, took the Cain route. And I don't mean Cain Velasquez. I mean Cain and Abel. Why don't you accept my sacrifices?" I'm killing myself for you, God. And you turn your back on me. And then rather than say, hey, well, you know, whatever. My focus has got to be someplace else. He just left, took his marbles left. That's good for him. What he says, I'm constitutionally incapable of being here just to fucking be here. So fuck you. My head is fine. I get paychecks. And not only that, I'm an executive level gatekeeper. And they all said it. Johnny Boney Boney said, yeah, there'll be a rematch. It wasn't even like if there's a rematch. It's like when there's a rematch. So the time, maybe it'll be a year from now, in that time, he has time to work on, he said, I won't do this again. I already proved whatever point I need to prove. You know, I'll bring some of my wrestling in. Maheda knows that. He's got a year to work on his wrestling, but as an executive level gatekeeper, he gets high price gigs until then. And he's not fighting anybody out of the top five. Johnny Walker, who is actually named out of liquor, because I watched a fight with all Brazilians, they said that some of the poor families in Brazil We'll do that. You'll run across a Brazilian named Michael Jackson. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Or, you know, in this case, Johnny Walker. Very definitely named after the liquor. So calling him Johnny Walker Red is not that crazy. But let him go Let him go through Santos. It wouldn't ruin him to lose to Santos because it burnishes a follow-on rematch. If you got your MMA fucking, you got your MMA fantasy league going, it doesn't change your table very much. And if Santos beats Johnny Walker, uh, John, let's call him Johnny Walker Red, if he beats Johnny Walker Red, then it sets up the rematch, which is not going to happen for, for at least another year. The challenge becomes the challenge becomes how to keep Johnny Boney Joni busy so he doesn't get into trouble, and they've already scheduled him for something in December. Who? I don't know. It should not be fucking Johnny Walker Red. I, I don't want to see that guy Sukujude. I do not think he's ready right now. He thinks he's ready. On the Brazilian uh, UFC feed, when he was speaking to the Brazilian folks, 
that's what he was saying. It didn't come across on the American feed necessarily. He was nice, like, I'm here, the Brazilian feed, I'm ready. Even that's not a bad future. But Baheta, what he did was he did something that nobody had done before. He delivered, uh, he stole one round from Johnny Boy Joni. He didn't get knocked out, he didn't submit it, and the first split decision. Now you could look at it and say, this is this is a sign of things to come in Johnny Boy Joni's future. I don't think it was. I still think he's on a case-by-case basis, and I absolutely don't think he'll fight uh, he'll fight Santos the same way again. Absolutely won't. But he for sure won every single round of this fight. There was never a single time that he was in actual danger, especially when compared to him rolling the wheelchair into the post-fight press conference. No idea. I could see his leg was bruised up. No idea it was that bad. Some people say it was theatrics. Well, maybe. Both of these guys were hurt. They fought through the hurt. They fought like warriors. But given it to Santos, would be needless and insane. I mean, it's no surprise. It's not like Johnny Boy Joey chose him that forgot to take him down. It's not like even if he fought DC, DC would not take him down. No, no, no. The guy's in a good place. If he fights, you know, he he's in a, he's in a really fucking good place. And that's why he's happy. Everybody's happy. It's like classy, uh, classy Fred Blassie used to say, when you were born, your mother was happy. No, how's it go? When you were born, your parents were happy. You know, your father wanted a boy and he was happy. Your mother wanted a girl and she was happy. Classy Fred Blassie. So, um, so all you people think that, oh, it was a boring fight. It was a, God damn it. No, it wasn't. For the final time, it was not. Rewatch it. You don't have to watch it eight times, but that shit was tri-level chess. Tri, T-R-I, T-R-Y. He had to know. You know if you had a real fight versus training that there's that, that, that experiences don't. And if you – I don't think the only person who's as fast is his former teammate, Donald Cerrone, where you can't even see he's thinking so fast in fight terms that you can't, that you can't, you can't, you can barely care. You need to watch it again to see. Making minute adjustments as you go on, based on not shit coming out of Greg Jackson's mouth, most certainly, but your changing and continuing assessment about the rightness or wrongness of what's happening, adjusting on the fly. Like Sakuraba, with his name I was trying to remember two shows ago, the guy who's an artist creating on the fly. That shit, it's fast. If you've gone from doing jujitsu competitions, which I did, and then into MMA. First thing I noticed about doing MMA, it's like going from college football to professional football. It's fast. I knew this guy out in Jersey near Eddie Roland's place. Another cat. Um, I think he, not Trinity. I can't forget the name of And he was a transition specialist. What does that mean? He goes, he goes, when you switch from boxing to wrestling, from wrestling to this, these are all, it's all about the right time. I don't know anybody. Donald Cerrone and John Jones, Johnny Boy and Johnny, do it so fucking fast it makes everybody else look like they're standing still and that's what i felt like when i was watching santos who was like like any good fighter he's like look where does this glass have a crack where does it have a crack was and he was waiting five rounds and it never presented itself he lost the fight but he was happy because he's got a solid fucking seat he got he's, he's got a guaranteed rematch and anything else he fight anybody else he fights He's like executive level, top five guys, big cash money. He's set, set for a guy from the city of God, which is a poor neighborhood, a favela in Brazil. He's fucking happy. 
going down the line. Next fight. I don't. I, I got like 11 minutes left. I don't have to. There's not a lot of talk there. Chatted to come with these others. Uh, Holly Holmes and Amanda Nunes. Uh, Nunes, great fight. I don't have anything to add. You know, uh, Johnny Boney Jr. said it was tough to see his sister go down. She was great. She sold my my fiance. When's he getting married? This fiance thing for like five years. Did she ask you questions? I don't have time to plan the wedding because uh, I got to fight. Come, yeah, that's your job. That's what you do. Yeah, but uh, I got <laughs> Anyway, he, he loves Holly Holmes. Well, you know, for Chase love Holly Holmes. And he said generally he was unhappy to see her lose. And it was it seemed heartfelt and be called her his sister. It seemed heartfelt, really, really heartfelt. And I didn't really like to see Holly Holmes lose either. But somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to lose. And and again, if there's somebody else who is thinking that fast, maybe it's Amanda. She was making, she's another one. And if you watch her fights in succession, you watch her process stuff and change quick. You know what? A smarter general would have attacked Russia, realized I'm not going to make it to fucking Moscow in time. Um, oh, what was St. Petersburg before it was St. Petersburg? Uh, um, uh, Stalingrad. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna fucking leave. You know, let the Russians chase me when the weather's good, and then we'll set up fucking. We'll set up the and just murder them as they follow us back. It's not a retreat. <laughs> I'm advancing to the rear. <laughs> Knowing when you know no, making an adjustment when there's time enough to save your ass is is pretty much a historical do versus a historical don't. And and Amanda uh, was uh, pretty solid, and she said very clearly, like I tell guys, I'm about to sweep you because you you know if you look at jujitsu like a table leg, I can feel, and now that I open my eyes, I can see that that table has three legs because your arm is around my neck versus out where it needs to be. And this guy today was trying to break my fucking windpipe with his fist. And I just, I, I did the math in my head. I go, I can breathe and blood's going to my brain. It's a punishment hold. What, I'm going to tap to this because I'm a pussy? No. And he refused to put his hand out to take his fist off my throat, and I rolled him over. What's humiliating? Is it humiliating? With me telling you I'm about to do something and then I do it, is that more humiliating? She made the adjustment. She didn't tell Holly this. Maybe just make she goes, I want her to feel what it was like. I was going to take her out using her own skill. That's if you're a student of the greats, they do that kind of shit. I wouldn't even think of doing that. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I would consider it. But the thing is, if you try to do dude to a dude and you don't do dude to a dude, dude gets angry and will double the, what the dude does to you. So you have to, it's a strategic decision. You give a fuck, kick the right in the fucking side ahead. And then, and then the, 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 the two slides afterward, two sides afterward were, were pretty nice. Holly's not that happy. And it's strange for me now to hear suddenly out of the Baldwin's mouth talk about retirement. That's just because he doesn't want to pay her. He doesn't want to pay her. In other words, I didn't pay you that top dollar just to be a fucking journeyman. You know, do me a favor and leave like Gustafson. If you're not going to get the top spot, I can't have you hanging around fighting fucking bums for, for the same paycheck. I can't do that. It's bad business. It doesn't make any good business sense. So 
she needs to take a, a year off, you know, which could or take some time off. And I, I mean, how do you how do you re-prepare for that? If you've done everything you could possibly do, how do you what do you do? What do you do? Don't have any answers given her her age and so on. And I don't have any idea about second life. I find what they do really fucking admirable. Like I find admirable people who don't have plan B's. I've been a plan B guy my whole life. Yeah, I did music, but I also got my degree in journalism, right? Yeah, I did the journalism thing, but I also learned how to move furniture and paint houses because you never know. I got plan B, C, D, E, F, because I don't want to fucking live under a bridge. My sister, who's won the Grammy, always plan A, never had a plan B. It's one thing I want to do. I don't want to spend my life doing anything I don't want to do. Starts now. God, I admire that. So I don't know what Holly's going to do, but uh, she maybe should give some thought to it. Um, before that, George Masvidal and Ben Askren. <laughs> I should have started at the top with this, and I think the show is going to go a little bit over because I might have a little bit more to say. But all the wrestlers at, at uh, Jiu-Jitsu today were like, well, you know, it's kind of the celebration. It's a little bit over. And I go, it, this this stuff exists in balance. And George Stewart said during the press conference, he goes, so all that stuff that happened before gets canceled out because I beat him? Well, I guarantee you, I think if, if he had been conscious at the end that the celebration, there wouldn't have been the same kind of ebullience. He would have maybe gone over, given him a finger and gone back to his corner or something. But, you know, like the Brazilians say, you know, a drunk man's asshole belongs to the world. And there's a picture, maybe I'll run it when I post it, a picture of me at, at watching the fights last night after the Brazilians gave me two glasses of wine. I was like, I'm not such a strong drinker. I had a glass and a half of wine. I was like, because like clockwork cards, could keep my eyes open, but I could watch the fights. So, um, you know, he said that this stuff exists in balance. All that stuff he could say beforehand, and I can't respond back. I'm sure Askin would say, no, you dummy. That's what ginning up a fight's about. I say stuff, you say stuff, you say stuff, I say stuff, and then we resolve it in the in the cage. We leave it all behind. We step out of the cage, newborn and clean. But he's like, well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, um, I, I'm not that talking guy, talky talky before the fight. I don't. My job is as a fighter. All this other stuff is extra. And uh, outside of the fighting game, the stuff you say might have hurt. And the stuff that you said that might have hurt definitely is going to get you hurt. And I'm not talking about feelings. And when I go, I never want to give somebody the edge to have an emotional basis for fucking doing me damage. I smile. One clay, I got ridiculous in one competition where I was like fucking hug. I hugged the ref. I hugged my opponent. I don't know. I was just happy to be there, man. All the shit around the fight is tension-provoking. Actually, being on the mat, it's like, yeah, here I am again, man. It's great. This is fucking great. What? The guy was unconscious. So was a freak. So I, 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 we couldn't continue. Like I said, music is about a dialogue. It's like somebody's pulled up a bar stool next to you, and they turn to you, and they say what they're going to say, which is why I hate most vocalists. Because they figure, ah, yeah, right, yeah, and he just gets, it's a vocal affect instead of a real conversation. Five minutes on a bar stool next to James Hetfield, and you're punching him in the face. Where you take somebody who's got some vocal dexterity, 
and are really using their voice to, in a different way to affect different things in the conversation. Early Nick Cave was like that. Not now. Now he's doing the shtick thing that he does and that, that. But it was a real conversation. Barstool comes up next to me, real conversation. Masvidal is like, look, we could just be fighters. They don't have to do this other shit. But you're saying stuff that's not cool. So, yeah, I don't give a shit. And that was funny as fuck. He's tapping the mat. He's running. He's falling down. He's doing. Fuck that. I don't have a problem with that. Askren has fundamentally not changed his fight style forever. Has not changed it forever. Has been exactly the same forever and ever. You know? Um, um, you know? I mean, and I'm watching him, and I'm kind of mystified as to why nobody is like, you know, figure it out. I mean, fundamentally, if you've ever hung out with a wrestler or trained with a wrestler or wrestled with a wrestler, you got to understand that you saw what Jordan Burroughs did to him. His style even is, 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 is amber bound at this point because of even, even that game changes. Burroughs ran through him. It was no question because Burroughs is still wrestling. He, so he's otherwise he's taking like 10 year old wrestling and do, and you really thought that, that that these other Bellator and these other fight organizations won. You really thought that you were you were cross competitive. Everybody's whining that shit back now. I saw three people in interviews reference this is this is Askren's second loss. They were openly and willingly, openly and willingly fucking shitting on that win over Lawler. And he's in a, he's having a Diana Ross moment right now because. You know, uh, uh, because, it, yeah, I mean, this is the shit that gets run forever and ever. The memes forever and ever. The highlight reels forever and ever. And even that on the books, the fastest knockout in UFC history. That's since like 1991. UFC's up to 239 now. That's forever. And I'm not saying that stuff will stick with you. I really like how he picked himself up afterward with like, well, that sucked. Yeah, it certainly did. You might want to think about the two fights you have left on your contract, bro. So far, you might think you're one and one. I guarantee you the bald one does not think you will fucking fought Lawler. And at this point, you fighting a rematch with Lawler is something that should be very concerning to you. And you're not looking at fighting for that belt now. I don't care what you fucking think. You got, you got until Wednesday to say any kind of crazy thing you want. Post-Wednesday, I do not expect to hear this from you. Do not expect to hear it. Wouldn't be surprised if I did, but do not expect to hear it. I don't know what you do now. I don't know what you do. Colby was going to get murdered by Lawler. So you got all these killers, you know, uh, kind of cohering around the top. And I think I'm going to have to give the bald one and Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, I'm going to have to give them fucking props. You know, if we're moving these chess pieces around this board. There's no place for this guy to go. Yeah, they had to pay the money for him, but uh, what did they get? You'll be gone. If he loses these next two, strong likelihood that whoever they are, that he will, he's gone. And some people even said, oh, we got rid of, we got rid of Demetrius for this. He can still come back. We used to have a saying in my family, all the goodbyes ain't gone. And I, that seems like it would apply to the Uriah Faber thing, sadly, but whatever. You know what I mean. 
and and what should happen is George should he get in the meeting. George should be very happy to be George right now. He was an early supporter of Knuckle Up, one of the first like uh, MMA guys who came on that podcast. Not one of the first MMA guys I interviewed. I I don't even know. I'd have to go back in the annals of of the history here. I mean, I I think Brian the Fury Johnston maybe was one of the first MMA guys, and that's like UFC five that I interviewed. I was on it fast. I didn't know how long it would last. But George is in a very good place right now. Very good place. You know, any move he makes has a high price attached to it. And any move he makes, he will be allowed to make in relatively short order. Before 2019 is done, they'll run him up again. For sure. And if not, and I consider December, January 2020, I consider that to be the next six months. Well, it kind of is, right? Anyway. So he's fine. He's in a great, he says, I've been doing this 16 years. All he wants is fair consideration because fair consideration equals cash. But he slowed the role of a Darren Till, slowed the role of an Askren, called out Usman. Usman was like, if I was Usman, I would have been sitting there like, that's smart, man. That that guy's got some shine at this very moment in time. Yeah, boy, let's do this and get rich. Instead of sitting there shaking your head, oh, you don't about no, you're going about the wrong way. You know what the right way is? The Diaz way. You see fucking uh 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 Nate. He could have just walked on by. But as long as he's in the fight game, I got it's my job to gin up fights. I'm doing my job. And the thing is, I think he's natural. I don't think he's contrived. I don't think he was sitting there going, well, I'm going to walk by Khabib. What can I do? Whatever he said. Everybody. And the first thing you see, if you watch the video, everybody in the fucking, in a a 15-yard race, their phones were out. That's the way you work on getting a fight. Wanting it, not needing it, is another way. I want it, don't need it. I smell clean. It's clean and strong. Not coming crawling to you. That's the way you do it. Who's been sitting there going, what? 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 You want to fight Askren for what? (laughs) For the belt? You, I, everybody knows you can't beat him. The guy, at this point now, the question is, the lingering armchair MMA analyst question is, going into whatever next fight that Askren has, does he talk the same amount of smack? Is that just who he is? And I don't even say it's really smack talk. He's just one of those cats who is who his position in life has afforded him the luxury of being able to not have to be political. Some guy wants to interview me for some hardcore site. I said, now's a really good time because when I first started in music, I was political. He goes, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I didn't want to hurt people who I thought might be able to help me. So maybe I'm not 100% honest. Now, at this point, I don't give any fucks. I'll talk shit about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know why? Because the Red Hot Chili Peppers had two decades to show me some love and show nothing. It's not like that. It's all played. At distance in time. I got a philosophical question for you, though. And I'm not I'm, based on the past few shows, those of you who watched the past few shows, 
V71, V70, V69, all about all esoterica. I'm going to ask a very simple question. I want you to think about it and answer. You could DM me or add just, you know, in the comments. Do you think that boredom is a function of time? As well as time being a function of space. So do you think after you die, technically you're in a place with no time and space. This is why, you know, people say, oh, the universe is 5,000 years old. God doesn't know what time. Time is something, if you remember before, time is something down here. Here we go. The Quran, the Talmud, the Torah, the Bible, it's always a Brahmic thing. It's right in here. But over that, you know, the game simul over the game simulation where we're up here, and time and space don't matter, is boredom a reality. Where you suddenly know everything, which is what these people have had these past life experiences have talked about, they just knew everything. Or knew that they would know everything. I don't know. I don't know if boredom is just a function of space and time, if it exists in places other than the material world. I don't know. Something to think about. But in any case, I think that uh, Masvidal is in a great position. Anywhere, like there's that old disco song, uh, everywhere I, anyway, I turn, oh, how's it go? God damn it. Tab, I should have drank last night with those Brazilians. Everywhere I turn, every, everywhere, I choo- everywhere I choose, I lose. Everywhere he chooses, he wins. He can't lose this. Yes, if he doesn't get the belt, whatever, 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 whatever. He doesn't, I mean, the thing is, all of his opportunities as they present themselves are solid ones. If he contends for the belt and he loses, that's not a good look either. He's in a good go slow place. Fight fucking, you're not executive gatekeeper. You're, 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 you're on the on deck circle and that's not a bad place to be. Okay, if you've been there as long as somebody like a Tony Ferguson, and you got fucking dogs nipping at your heels of bipolarity, schizophrenia, mania, these dogs are scuttling, or Johnny Boy Johnny got dogs snipping at your heels. You probably want to just get in there and do something quick. Anything, anything, anything. Keep busy. But generally, you got a family, things are cool, you're training, you work on the wrestling. And I have no doubt that exactly what he said was true was true about that. You know, I've been working on this stuff. I'm gonna show him a scramble, you know, and, he, and everything he said was true. You watch that press conference, he was like. You know, all the stuff he's trying to do to gin up this fight, I'm paraphrasing what Masvidal said, he's like, you know, guys come through and train with us. I'm not going to run into the public snitching about how they did, how they did versus me, how I did versus them. I didn't, none of that shit. He's trained, man. And that's what you got to do. That figured, I figured that you're not the kind of man that's a man. Solid. Sounded believable to me from top to bottom. So, um, so, uh, I got nothing but good things. I'm interested to see how Ben is going to bounce back, if he's going to talk the same level of smack, which way he turns. At this point, there are no easy fights, man. I, I knew that the second fucking he was dumped on his head by Lawler. It's like, you're not in Kansas anymore, bro. This is, this you're not in Kansas anymore. I don't know where he trains or who he's training with. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We're going to go a little bit over because I got to talk about Cockhold and Blackovitz. You know, I, I picked Blakovich to win because I got to go with the home team vis-a-vis Poland. But, uh, uh, yeah, Luke should stop. He should stop. He should – I got nothing else to say. Somebody, I was trying to figure out – I said he left AKA to go to Florida, and somebody was like, oh, you know, American top team is not bad. He then went to – he went to Henry Hoof's uh, fucking combat collective or whatever the fuck it's called. 
but <laughs> you're not, you know, yeah, there's a drag losing weight, but you're not, this is not, you're not, this, you're done. You're done. It gave me great pleasure to see Cockhold uh, uh, knocked out again. But it's like, it's starting to be like that guy who tried to rape that friend of mine. If you want to read the story, you can go to Ozzy, OZY.com, and go to uh, type in, in the search phrase. On the phone, you can't do it. I think you have to type, you go to Google on the phone and type in Ozzy and stomping out rape literally. And I, I don't even know if I mentioned it piece, but we almost beat that guy to within an inch of his life. We were stopped by the Puerto Rican drug dealers who said, if we ever see you again, we'll kill you. And the second time we did see him again, they got out and some other guy started stomping him. And I just kind of lost interest. It's like, you know, if the guy's enough of a degenerate to want to be here twice, he clearly is enjoying this. And I'm out. You know, he, he will never threaten, threaten to rape Lisa again. So there's no need for me to continue this, this scene. And whether the guy stays around or not, he's been put on notice. He's not our friend. He's not hanging out. Uh, it does. The look is similar enough with 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 uh, with dude. The look is similar enough that like I've just I've seen it enough. I've seen it enough. I've seen him against the fence. I've seen him staring. This that and the photos would just. Do you feel good after that? I don't. I don't like the guy, and I felt sorry for him. And I and I was trying to figure out exactly when I I stopped liking him because I used to like him. I used to see him at AKA, and he was like God's forgotten man. They'd be interviewing John Fitch or somebody else, and. Even Trevor Prangley had a better run, and he was just there, like, sitting on the apron of the ring, like, I'm here, bro. And I guess maybe around the time he started doing reality TV or maybe around the time I found out that his family had shitloads of money. Yeah, that sounds more like it, doesn't it? Eugene the hater. But I stopped liking him. But I don't want to see this happen to a guy. And that's even worse. He's probably sitting around and going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Go work the, go work the hate of me. Uh, your fucking pity, your pity is is annoying. Stop it with your pity. I can't take it. Ah. Yeah, well. Uh, um, and let's see. Uh, we, I have uh, Chiesa and Diego Sanchez. That was a fight in which, yes, there was a winner and a loser. But as far as I was concerned, Diego Sanchez has not diminished himself at all. And Chiesa has proven himself to be fucking dull and incompetent on the ground. And I didn't pick him to win. But it was a disappointing win, so I'm glad I didn't pick him to win, even though it got me an L. I think I was five and two for the night, and the two that I picked Sanchez, I never would have picked against him, just because, and not not for a chase, most certainly. And I picked Gil Melendez. He's a friend of Knuckle Up, and had been a friend in real life. And uh, but I think it might, and I would never have said this before. But and then I get from my spies, who, you know, we got friends in common, who saying like. Yeah, I think if Jake Shields hadn't been there with him, he probably would have had in a retirement announcement. But there's something about hanging around Jake you just don't want to. But, you know, and the good thing, he actually opened the door for Arnold Allen, who I would never have paid attention to in a million years, who I'll pay attention to now because, you know, there's no wrestling. I don't really have wrestling as a as a elementary school sport in England. As far as I know, I could be wrong. If you're in the U.K., please let me know. Um, but at last I heard, it wasn't the case. Uh, Vera and Norland, yeah, that was a nice submission, but I, I don't care. Uh, Gadella, I picked it over Ronda Marcos, and yeah, she won. People were shitting on her, and that was that fight was as good as could be expected to be given the circumstances. I like her, she's made leaps and bounds, 
And I thought, much like the Johnny Bone and Joni fight, she fought an intelligent fight, and she brought it to her. And uh, Ronda, Ronda was like apparently thinking that dancing is winning the fight. Dancing is not winning the fight. You didn't do shit. You know, at constant continual application of fight tactics is probably what wins you the fight. Avoiding fight tactics is maybe defensively strong, but not if you offer no offense. You're just running. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, yeah, Yadong Song. That was good. I saw that one versus Perez. And I I missed uh, the, I missed the first uh, – I missed uh, uh, Shabazian, which people say I need to see against Marshman. I miss uh, Chance or Rakai and the Ishmael. I missed all the stuff on the early prelims, and I was at the fight at five. And I, I did see Julia Avia versus Penny, but these were fights I didn't care about before. And outside of Shabazian, there's not ones I really care about uh, post facto. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's it for UFC 239. In general, if we're going to use a drug analogy, this drug uh, for, for the fight game, 239 was nice. I would pursue that again. I would attend that again. Um, you know, and at the end, you could tell. It's like, was a guy from Right Stuff? You know, you Navy guys, you go to New York, you all look different. When you leave, you all look the same. How's that? Scared. Well, no, this was different. This is like, you know, you left. You, how we feel? We all felt, we all feel pretty good. Even if you're, even if, if you're if a Santos guy, you see how happy he was after. He did some things other people haven't done. Guy's an executive level gatekeeper. He's in there. He was fucking happy. You don't feel bad. It was a hard fight. He did something. Nobody did. What five rounds with you're Johnny Boney Joni guy. You feel okay. If you're a fucking man of news, Holly Holm had a tough thing, but you know, she's got some interesting choices to make. Choices that will capture your mind if you're a big Holly fan. And nobody can take away the beating of Rhonda, who, you know, which she did and displayed that she had, you know, feet of clay. Um, there's no real upside to the whole uh <laughs> To the real, uh, well, let's go. Uh, 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 Masvidal, who I've been a huge booster of forever and ever and ever. Never, never any daylight between me, me and dude. Uh, not like I'm a Johnny come lately here. Um, against Ben Askren, a lot of compelling matchups and curious questions to be asked post facto. Uh, with, with, um, fucking, uh, fireworks. Uh, with a uh, 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 cockhold, there's nothing really to talk about there. <laughs> there's nothing really to talk about there. You know, they say, you know, they say no news is bad news. Hey, but say anything you want about me as long as you smell my right, name right. This is not one of those circumstances. This is like bad news for him, so we should just not talk about it. Anyway, that's UFC. That's, I'm sorry, that's B72 on USC, uh, UFC, UFC 239. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. We've gone over. Thanks for sticking with it. Thank you for donating uh, uh, via Patreon.com. And some of you hate Patreon enough so that you've been wise enough to actually um, to uh, send to me via PayPal. So I'll give you the PayPal address. If those of you don't want to deal with some sort of Patreon corporation, it's P-I-N-K-O, Pinko, 95014 at Yahoo.com. And that's where you can PayPal it if you want. You can send 50 cents. You can send a dollar. People have, and I'm not complaining about money anymore because we had a great month of June. So again, thank you all. Thanks for listening. I go to Poland. Uh, I go to Poland this week, and I return on Monday. So we have UFC in Sacramento. Um, I may not get to report on it. Uh, as it is, I've got three cares in the card. Of course, Jermaine Durandami, 
who has been a member of the Sorrell Academy, known associate and former teammate, is fighting Ashton Ladd. That's a good fight. You should see it. But I don't know that I'm going to be back in the country in time to do it or have a setup in Poland that will allow me to do it. I think I'll be in transport on the way to Berlin, on my way to fly back. So I might be able to do the show late Monday night. Uh, it's up in the air right now. Uh, but in any case, I will see you two weeks from now. Well, I got to go two weeks from now in New York for Ozzy Fest. So there could be a break. So July could be a rough month. But it just means I'm going to try to do it on Monday. So it won't be the Sunday thing. You've been told. You know now. And uh, I get ready. Anyway, all right, so that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys. Be careful. Look what you made me do. Yeah.